I'm Van Dyke Parks, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andros Jones. Give us a shake. Give us a shake. Give us a shake. The Radio 8 Ball Show. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. This is Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening, 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 Appening. Where we are engaging the Pop Oracle using the Radio 8 Ball app, which is filled with every song recorded in the history of Radio 8 Ball, as well as a couple of hundred of my own. I hope by now you've downloaded the Radio 8 Ball app if you're an iPhone user. It's free and it allows you to play host and conduct your own musical divinations, just as we do here on the show. The app also plays the latest podcast and selects the randomly chosen Pop Oracle song of the day. On last week's episode of Radio 8 Ball, Marvin Etzioni asked, What's the mood of the country now? And received as his randomly chosen answer from the pop oracle, Psycho Blues by Mike Wilcox, recorded on Radio 8 Ball on KAOS Olympia, Washington, on March 28, 2006. I think I'm being followed. I'm pulling out my hair. My girlfriend says you have to leave, you just sit there in a chair. So go call your sister, you know she'll take you in. Be sure and tell the whole story, I say where do I begin? We'll be joined in this episode by Mike Wilcox from Portland, Oregon, for a wild and woolly musical divination that touches on topics such as love, obsession, sanity, and art. The day we recorded was a weird one for me. The place I live is an attic apartment, and even with the AC, on hot days, it gets pretty overwhelming up here. July 20th was just such a day. I had initially intended to record with Mike in the afternoon, but I ended up pushing our session back and back until the sun eventually went down and I could turn off the air conditioning so that we could record. The thing is, by the time we got there, my brain was thoroughly baked. That kind of heat is almost psychedelic in its effect on one's consciousness, 
and for most of the day I was lost in a haze of slothfulness and fury at the sun. At some point, late in the afternoon, I did manage to escape my apartment to go for a bike ride in the hope the air blowing against me would cool my body and my spirit. That was a good idea. As I flew around the nearly deserted Capitol campus in Olympia, I got present to some potent synchronicities. For one, it was the 51st anniversary of the moon landing, which holds a particular place in my personal history, as that was the day I started walking back in 1969. At least that's what my family tells me, and since my family are not the kind to make up fanciful stories to inflate my already healthy sense of self-importance, I tend to believe them. This was probably the first great synchronicity of my life, and that would make the day we were recording an anniversary of the first great synchronicity of my life. And for the host of a synchronicity show, that, that means something. Riding along with me that day, I could feel the spirit. Maybe it was just the memory of my old friend Paul Plagans who introduced me to Mike Wilcox back in 2006. It was at Paul's memorial service that I'd last seen Mike. I knew that Mike and I would be discussing our mutually departed friend on this show and was both looking forward to it and knowing it would hurt. Paul was such a great songwriter and a great friend. And I miss him, and I'm committed to keeping his songs in the air, in your ears, and wherever they can do the most good. I want him to do the same for me. Here's one of my favorite of Paul's uh, that I've covered a bunch, including at his memorial. Paul Plagans played this song on Radio 8 Ball on February 1st, 2006, and it's called Trash. She was always in that monster truck going somewhere Sparking up a joint, yeah But I wanted her to be my girlfriend I wanted her to be my girlfriend But she hated everyone in this town because they put her down Everybody said she was trash Everybody said she was trash Everybody said she was trash Everybody said it, everybody said it We were drinking beer by a fire Making out on her tailgate Cranking up the tunes, yeah And I didn't want to start a big fight No, I didn't want to start a big fight But I could see it in her eyes She'd be leaving by tomorrow night Everybody said she was trash Everybody said she was trash Everybody said she was trash Everybody said it, everybody said it Everybody said she was trash Everybody said she was trash Everybody said she was trash Everybody said it, everybody said it And I know that my love Would be so much better suited for someone who might come when I call, when I call. Yeah, I wanted her to be my girlfriend. I wanted her to be my girlfriend. 
But she hated everyone in this town because they put her down. Everybody said she was trash. Everybody said she was trash. Everybody said she was trash. Everybody said it. Everybody said it. Everybody said she was trash. Everybody said she was trash. Everybody said she was trash. Everybody said it. 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 Everybody said she was trash. And what was the name of that song, Paul? Oh, this is good. The name of that song was Trash. Which I think just answers his question straight out. So. Yeah, there's no easy way to segue out of that, so uh, I'll just do it. Um, you know, uh, of course, i got to take a moment here to tell you the ways that you can support Radio 8 Ball. The best way is to give us great ratings and reviews at uh, your podcast server of choice, particularly if it's Apple Podcasts. That helps people find us, and if you write your synchronicity story in your review, I'll read it on the show. Uh, you are always invited to download the Radio 8 Ball app. It's free. And it's a great way to share synchronicity and this musical divination format with your friends and also share all of the great music that's contained within the app. And, of course, I do hope you'll join our Patreon campaign. Just a dollar a month gets you all of the bonus episodes, which is where I ask my questions, and my questions are great. I mean, everyone's questions are great, but I've been asking questions to the Pop Oracle for 20-plus years, so... Maybe I've gotten good at it. Anyway, this uh, this week's bonus episode is a great one. I really hope you check it out. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast app so you will get all of our episodes as soon as they are released. And before we get down to digging into some synchronicity with this week's guest, let's do as we always do and kick off the musical divination with the pop oracle song of the day from the day I had my conversation with Mike Wilcox on July 20th, 2020. It's All This and More by Matthew Southworth, recorded on Radio 8 Ball on KAOS in Olympia, Washington, on December 5th, 2006. I fell from the top of your stairs. You closed up shop for repairs. But if you didn't know, better I wouldn't know whether you were worth fighting at all. I knew the dangers involved. You're my favorite problem to solve. But if you didn't know, better I wouldn't know whether you were worth fighting at all this and more. These are the things you're protecting me for. Clutching my wrist so I won't hold your hand Stopping my kiss so I won't take your stand and lay down I heard every sentence you read And did time in miscellaneous beds But if you didn't know Better I wouldn't know Whether you were worth fighting at all I held onto pictures and notes First draft history that we rewrote But if you didn't know Better I 
wouldn't know whether you were worth fighting at all this and more. These are the things you're protecting me for. Clutching my wrist so I won't hold your hand. Stopping my kiss so I won't take your stand and lay down. Please lay down. I knew the dangers involved You're my favorite problem to solve But if you didn't know Better I wouldn't know whether you were worth fighting at all this and more. These are the things you're protecting me for. Clutching my wrist so I won't hold your hand. Stopping my kiss so I won't take your stand and lay down. July 20th, 2020, 7-20-2020, talking on the line with our randomly chosen guest from last week. His song was the answer to Marvin's question. The question, what's the mood of the country now? The answer, Psycho Blues. And now we have its author and, uh, I guess, primary performer, uh, Mike Wilcox. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Mike. Thanks. Good. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, welcome back. Non-locally. For a while. <laughs> and you are in the epicenter of the revolution, I take it. You're in, you're, we're reaching you in Portland. Uh, well, yeah, if you, uh, if you were actually following social media, but I mean, to, to be here, I'm not so sure. I mean, I'm saving more and more I am, so I'm not going out. <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's, uh, let me back up because I kind of gave your answer before I gave you the question which is, I always like to start these things off during our third season, our pandemic season. How and where are you pandemicking, Mike Wilcox? Um, I'm in southwest Multnomah Village area of Portland, which is about uh, three miles from downtown southwest. And it's um, this cute little enclave. It's sort of Andy Mayberry, um, you know, mom and pop shops and uh, landed here, just fell on my lap, totally blessed. There's a forest in my backyard. My landlord's nice. It's cheap. I mean, every I'm the envy of everyone in Portland. <laughs> I, I can play my guitar loud. It's, it's 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 a dream. How did you luck into such a situation? Well, I mean, there's the the Willamette, the the well, those the the equal of like LA Weekly here. It's called the Willamette the Willamette Week, um, and you know they never have ads for anything. And I opened it up, and there was an ad for an apartment. Uh, and I came in here, it was like a, a duplex, and I, I'm on the bottom of the duplex, and I walked down the stairs, and it's a freaking forest, <laughs> a forest in the backyard. Um, and it's, you know, it's like 700 square feet, but um, the best part was I could 
you know, when I do have a neighbor upstairs, I can play my guitar all night. And um, but so that's, I mean, that's perfect for a songwriter or a musician, you know. Because they can't hear you, or just because it's a music friendly house. They, they, they don't, they don't mind. It's usually a, you know, younger people up there, or or just a single person um, uh, who, you know, they usually say, "I love your guitar playing. You're you're really good," or whatever. So it's, it's always uh, nice to have neighbors like that. That's yeah, cool. which is never happens, never happens. And um, I mean, I would, uh, you couldn't pay me to live in Los Angeles again. It was just, um, I fell in love instantly with Portland. So, has anyone offered to pay you to uh, to uh, to live in Los Angeles? <laughs> well, when I when I go down there, which unfortunately is usually just for you know a funeral here, it gets the way it's turned out. But it just makes my skin crawl. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, not to be gloom and doom, but you get enough rats in a box, and they're going to start eating each other, and then it's just it's too crowded. And people are kind of grumpy. So yeah, the last place I saw you was at a funeral in Los Angeles for our uh, our mutual friend Paul Plagans, who is the one who introduced me to you and was the one who inv- in- yeah, invited you. Oh, that's show. right. Yeah, he was. I'm looking at uh, you know I, I have this pretty little uh, I've got his picture and his remains on my on my altar and one of my best friends. Paul Plagans, if you, if, if you guys ever get out to hear Greta or go on YouTube and listen to his solo stuff, Paul Plagans was an unappreciated genius and missed by all. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll make sure to include some of his music in this episode. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, please do. He yeah. performed uh, he performed on Radio Eight Ball many times, and yes, he is he is missed and loved. But we're here to talk about you, Mike. Um, you uh, you your song. Psycho Blues. Was one of uh, five songs you played on Radio 8 Ball on March 28th of 2006 when we were on KAOS in Olympia. And when Psycho Blues came up as the answer to Marvin's question, what's the mood of the country now? He obviously broke out into uproarious laughter, was so surprised to see your name come up. And uh, and then the song itself, Psycho Blues, certainly I think anyone who's living in the country now and having a mood or noticing the mood couldn't help but uh, get a chuckle just about the uh, how on the nose the title is. But that's how we choose our guests here. So the so the pop oracle chose you to be here, and I, and the first first uh, task at hand is to talk about that reading and that song, and maybe give some insight into it. Uh, I've certainly been thinking about that song all week, and particularly all day as I've been preparing for this. So can you tell us a little bit about the background of that song, how you think it relates to Marvin's question, and just what is the connection between you and Marvin? So his, his, again, his question was, oh, what, what's the state of the country? What's the mood? What's the mood of the country oh, now? What's the mood of the country? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I guess that's sort of, you know, mama, we're all crazy now or something, or, you know, things are going to hell in a handbasket. But, uh, you know, psychotic, psycho, that's like, it's, the mental hospital it's like breakdown um uh you know i mean but i mean but actually when that happens and you are taken into a facility whatever uh 
you know, in my case, it was a really, um, well, that's not true. So I was going to say, well, it's, it's, it saved my life, hands down, because where I was before was life, uh, it's life-threatening. And if, you know, if, uh, if, I, if, I hadn't, if I hadn't been institutionalized, uh, I shudder to think what would have happened. So if that's how that, uh, how that would relate to the, the, the state of the country, um, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, there, there is a lot of mystery and I mean, nobody knows, you know, when this situation is going to end and, uh, and it's, you know, in the, the political climate, uh, the, you know, the clamp down on the protesting in, in Portland, uh, I mean, all this is definitely trumped up, if you, excuse the horrible pun, but um, this, it's, you know, I mean, this, this is all the more reason to stay in and write songs, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I Marvin's, Marvin's, um, uh, preaching or rant or whatever his opinions were just just chock full of wisdom and uh um, you know and i mean it, it reminded me how uh how wise he was i mean he's um i, I you know, we each other in our early mid twenties and he's just become uh, you know he's he's a full grown man <laughs> but i mean just to, to try to stay focused on your question um yeah, it's uh, it's come it's come to that where we're definitely uh, you know feeling like we're we're all having a breakdown and um or break and, and ultimately hopefully it was a it's a breakthrough because that's what happened that's that was uh, the silver lining to, you know to, that I landed in Portland after the breakdown and I wrote that song and I hadn't ever written a song that was one of my first five songs of my life. I've never written a song with songs before. So of course I'm going to write about being in the mental hospital. Um, and that's way too much of us, uh, you know, the mental hospital and how I got there is another 20 minutes, but let's just say, you know, um, not everybody gets that opportunity <laughs> to, uh, to have, well, and the land in the arms, the loving arms of Portland. Um, within a day I had food stamps. I had whatever, all these all, all this, this help that I would not have gotten in Los Angeles, um, and it was in springtime. <laughs> um, so it was an instant love affair. I guess that's that's, that's a pretty good answer to your question. Yeah, I well, I, I like that uh, that your the the story the song Psycho Blues and its title are uh, well, I guess particularly frightening to someone who's not gone through being institutionalized in any way. Like I was actually talking to someone who's very close and someone who had listened to the episode and they were saying that they totally related. They actually had some time where they had, they, they spent time in, a, in a, the, the psych ward, as they said. And for them, it was a really positive thing. Like they, they were saying that, Sometimes they wish they could go back. It was nice. People took care of them, and it was nice. Um, and also, there was, I'm, I, I, of course, there there are downsides as well. But I like that it's one of those things because you've had the experience. It's not a horror film, uh, sort of fantasy story for you. You and even when you were telling it, you were sort of like, 
you almost said it was a really good thing and you're like, oh, I don't want to say that because it probably wasn't. But that it's a story, when you think of it, you thinking of it as a, a, a resource towards recovery as opposed to the end of a terrible story. The best part of it is whenever I, I you know, whenever I near a breakdown, I mean, since then, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, it's a, it's, I got... Uh, you know, I got I got uh, disability. Um, you know, my everything's been taken care of. I mean, but that's not that's not the issue I was going to go into. Whenever I whenever I whenever I feel like a breakdown is coming, well, number one, I've got medication and I have a lot of no no mature no no material worries. But whenever I get against the wall, whether it's a relationship, uh, you know, uh, or a relationship, or, or then even a relationship. <laughs> You know, I, I I was just being funny about that because that's definitely on the top of the list. It's happening right now. But I know that that's not an option. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I've been to the hospital. I was 100 days. I know that there's nothing for me there. There's nothing like there's no that's, you know, uh, that, that's not a solution. I mean, because I try. Um, um, well, I mean, it saved my life. Fair, fair enough, but it, it, I definitely don't want to go back there. It's not like, uh, uh, well, this is bad, but the hospital was worse. So let's let's try to think of a, a better idea, um, and uh, I'll I'll call her back and see if I can talk her into coming back. <laughs> but yeah, so that's it. Definitely the, the horror of the hospital, and I and every every line of that happened, and um, um, even the pot roast. She came to see me every day, she said I would be all right. She even brought me pot roast, still we got into a fight. Yeah, absolutely, because the food was horrible. I, you know, I thought, uh, you know, I mean, I thought, it, I thought the food was poisoned. <laughs> I thought everything I touched that I, that I infected, I thought everything that, that touched me was, it was just brutal beyond belief. And... Uh, well, I mean, one of the one of the cool things that happened. Well, so uh, she brought me bottled water. Um, she brought me my pot roast was my mom's. You know, it was our favorite meal growing up. She said, "Well, I'll." She lived kind of close, and she visited me every day. And we were not close. We, you know, we and this really bonded us. And um, so now that I go back into it, there's you can see little pockets of. Uh, a virtue that happened, but um, that's my favorite line in the song. Well, but what about the pot roast? She even brought a pot roast. We so we, so we got so into we a still, fight. We still um, got into a fight, and I just like that's one of those things where you, I was say that's one of those things like that's not a that's not a made up. You don't say pot roast in a song and not mean unless it. It really, right. that's 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 like a real thing. Well, I, you know, and all of this, I I recorded that song, and I mean, I mean it's and that's. The song was kind of young at the time, and I recorded it in a real studio, and I, you know, I cut out five verses or something like that, and and it had this amazing, you know, spaz, spaz attack, lead guitar solo, or guitar keyboard solo. I, I I was like going, is it that one? Is that version? It's like I lost every CD I've had of it, but I was kind of embarrassed because I was super green when I was on that radio show I mean, it didn't have a handle on on how to 
that was even before my open mic experience. So we really got your was that did we get your premiere performance as a songwriter? Oh, it's possible. You know, it's possible. I mean, in terms of live, uh, March twenty eighth, oh, right after the spring equinox of two thousand six. So, did you move to Portland in two thousand five? Oh, three. I, I mean, I, the hospital was two thousand. Um, it was in Yuba City, and then I got out and you know saved up some money at my parents' house, and when I got here in three. So between three and six is. I mean, I got into writing songs pretty quickly, but by '06, I probably had maybe ten, and they were uh, some about the you know the girl that left behind, mostly about. Uh, well, if it wasn't about the breakdown, it was about the the, the flowers and beads, and I mean all all the wonderful, you know. I mean, Mount Hood. Are you kidding? To come from Los Angeles to see Mount Hood, the bridges. So it was a fairy tale time to to be here. Um, uh, it was like it was Oz for me. So hearing that song, it was super primitive, um, and you know, um, you know, they took away my rope. Well, that I mean, that didn't happen. But I was playing with ropes when I was in L.A. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to take up uh, all this song, all the all the this interview with with what happened in the hospital, and I won't. Um, but but needless to say, it was really bad. They let me out finally. I, I got government money. I came to Portland and I rebuilt my life. Um, and that was, you know, six six minus twenty is how many how many years I've been. How how old the song is, and uh, the songs I'm writing now are, are definitely. Um, well, I hope that they're more solution oriented. But um. well, uh, and and again, the 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 point here is to think about how how it relates to that question. I think we got. I think that those of us who are looking for an answer to our to the sort of global or national condition can look at a like that we're at the beginning of a road to recovery. You might want to. Existential, yeah. Um, I mean, we're, we we are right up against the wall. And I mean, to, as, as what's going on. I mean, it's definitely we are on, we are all, whether it's government or you know the clergy, whatever. That our dogs, we're like. I mean, we. I mean, when he was elected, I flipped, and this is like. We're hopefully on the cusp of something. You know, hopefully it's not going to get worse. Um, because the hospital experience did have a middle, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and there was a middle when it when it started getting better. So hopefully that will that will be. Uh, I mean, after your breakdown, you have a breakthrough, and I just hope that happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let, let's move on to the to the next uh, the next phase of this uh, pop oracle session, which is to discuss the pop oracle song of the day for today from Matthew Southworth. I fell from the top of your stairs. You closed up shop. What did you think about that as today's song of the day? Did any synchronicities jump out for you? Well, I mean, this. I mean, first, you know, as, as a as a songwriter musician, I'm gonna, you know, the st- styles or influences hit me first, and uh, I thought there was a, a definitely, uh, you know, I thought of, of, of Elliot Smith. 
which is high praise, of course. And um, uh, yeah, absolutely, hands down on that. And um, and some really great wordplay. But uh, even more specifically, one of my best friends that you you probably heard of that you've got to get in the show is name's Matt Keating, and um, uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, they got to meet him and Matt. They got to meet for sure. I am uh, familiar with Matt. Oh, good. I know his good. music, and he and I are uh, we are I guess uh, how would we say we're. We're allies in the Facebook wars. We find ourselves on the same side of many arguments with many larger groups of people. Nice, yeah. And I've known Matt since, uh, like, early 90s, because uh, he was on Alias Records, and, and my daughter's mother owned, owned Alias Records, still does. Anyways, back to the song. Uh, the In terms of the theme, you know, he's like... Uh, He's fighting for this girl, and he's trying to show him, show her that, uh, um, you know, like, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's romance that, you know, that, uh, you know, like, you, you may not, you may not know yet that you're in love with me, but I'm, I'm not, you know, you're not, getting, you're not getting, rid, you're not getting rid of me that easy, um, and uh, like he's proving it, proving his love, uh, and um, and then maybe some sort of bittersweet acceptance that it's not meant to be. Um, um, uh, yeah, and I was like listening to him going, "Shit, I don't got anything. What if, what, what am I going to say?" And then all these, all these, uh, these three things hit me really hard. But I guess that does that answer your question? Well, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, really, it's uh, you ever there's. Uh, I don't want to come off like someone who's read all of Kerouac, but I, I did really love his book, Dharma Bums. And mm-hmm. there's a line in it where he, or the character that I guess is a stand-in for him and the character who's a stand-in for uh, Neil Cassidy. Uh, okay, sure. They're running down a mountain, and uh, I guess Cassidy's character says to him, there's no wrong way to fall down a mountain. <laughs> And that's kind of that's kind of uh, the way I look at Radio Eight Ball. There's no wrong way to do it. Although you'd think if people who listen to the show a lot would be like, if that's the case, then why do you stress out so much about the details, Andras? And I'd say because well, cause it's I am because I'm know. a fool. Because I'm you know because I'm it's, I'm the fool who just said I'm going to be in charge of a thing in which there are no rules and there's no wrong way to do it. <laughs> Someone, somebody has to steer the ship. Yeah. So I should tell you a little bit, just a little bit about Matthew Southworth. He's he I, he came to Radio 8 Ball through, I believe he came through John Hour of the Posies. And but he was also uh, he has also played with Ian Moore and with a lot with a lot of uh, sort of Seattle rock luminaries of the early aughts with the long winters, Harvey Danger and that that sort, that crowd. Uh, but he's also a comic book artist and uh, did wow, the, cool. the, the uh, modern noir series Stumptown. And uh, so, you know, Matthew's he, he, kind of a big deal. Uh, he's had a, had a little bit of success, but I was thinking as far as how that... So there's something in there about as far as speaking to right now, and this is just for my own experience. Like I've uh, in the last episode, I was sort of talking about how, even though I'm definitely struggling through this time, I also feel like very feel feel very lucky 
and uh, abundant in how I'm able to go through it. it. Sounds like maybe you are you have had some of that experience as well. Uh, but today was one of those days where it just didn't matter, you know. It does, and, and sort of again, it's sort of like looking at this guy. I'm looking at his uh, at Matthew's uh, Wikipedia, and I'm like, this guy's got it made. He's got no problems. But then I listen to his song, and he's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter how you know. It doesn't matter right. how much I mean, you got I, it made day to day. If your love life or your if is weird, or you're living in an attic that's super hot, or if your computer is crapping out on you, you feel like the most miserable person in the world. Just even, maybe even a little bit. Maybe it's even a little bit like going back to what we were talking about, like the crazy making. In that, it's it's sucky to feel terrible when you know that your life is good, but you still can't change it. You can't change the way you feel. You can have more appreciation. You can have a sense of maybe humor about it. But if you are losing your shit at the well, any one of the many inanimate objects I I got angry at today, uh, you don't you know it doesn't matter. You're still sort of like, why am I? You know, it's even you, you're even you sort of hate yourself for losing your shit and over such a small thing as the place you're in being 150 degrees. I mean, we're not the worst and we're not the best. I mean, when right. I'm, in, you know, I'm, I'm in recovery groups, and the, you know, the genius of that is, I realize that I'm not the worst. I'm not the best. I mean, but there's, there's solace in having other people that, that we're all in this together kind of thing. I mean, we're all, you know, we're, we're all, we're all crazy, whatever. But that's the worst thing is to be crazy and think that I'm alone. You know, I mean, that there's no hope in that. Um, so, you know, I mean, you know, like take, take to, you know, like we always got to go back to the pandemic. It's like, how could it be, how could I be worried about this relationship when there's, you know, when, when people are dying, you know, it's like, um, let's, let's look at the, let's, let's look at the big picture. Um, or, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm in a, a really painful struggle. I mean, it's just in, in my private life. But so what? I mean, it's like uh, there's. I'm talking to you right now. It definitely doesn't. Um, uh, that sort of seems selfish. Just sitting here in my room and go boohoo when there's people who have it worse, um, and those are the people I need to talk to or be around. You know, um, you know, I'm having a hard time. You know, go work at the food bank. You know, it's like. Um, and, you know, if you're still in pain there, well, then, you know, go to the old folks home or, right. or, or just write a freaking song about it. You know, um, I mean, Marvin really was really a, a, a beautiful take on uh, making lemons, making lemonade out of lemons. And, um, you know, in a lot of levels, he's, he's really an evolved being. That's why I got a lot out of listening to him talk. That's great. Hey, before we get into asking your question, I know because he didn't really get into it too much, and I know we've spoken about it a little bit. Do you mind just telling us how you and Marvin were connected? You could sort of put a bow on that. Can't wait. I mean, we talked about that, you know, at length, but I'll try to to make it, you know, under five minutes. Um, uh, There was no recycled paper. There was no, the only way that musicians got together was from the bullet board at Guitar Center, and there was only one Guitar Center, and it was on Hollywood Boulevard. I was living in the suburbs and I, I would go out there with my, my father worked out there and I saw this, I wasn't in a band and uh, I saw this 
this ad written on a McDonald's french fry bag, <laughs> which is kind of iconic piece of paper, and it said, you know, girl guitar player looking for a band, and she had some influences there, and uh, we called her, we called, and she drove from Hollywood to, no, actually, I think we went, we went to Hollywood and picked her up and took her back to Thousand Oaks, and, uh, it, you know, we didn't click, but she, she was good friends with Marvin, and this, her name was Jenny Shore, and she went on to form Backstage Pass, and, uh, who you know had some success in their own right, and uh, you know I mean a lot of girls started bands after the Runaways, and so that's how I met Marvin and went to this rehearsal uh, called Mars Rehearsal on uh, I almost remember the street. Walked in the rehearsal hall, you know, dressed in my best glam in regalia. This was like '76. Um, my Bay City Rollers haircut and whatever. I had a Marshall amp. I, I thought I had it going on. I did, and. And I was, but I'd never been to Hollywood and I'd never played with people from Hollywood. And uh, the drummer's name was Kyle, who played in the Virgins, one of Marvin's bands, and uh, he played in the motels. And uh, they played a song, I got it really quick. And they went like, yeah, we like you. And uh, and that that band, be, you know, eventually became the model. And we, I would come up from Hollywood, from Thousand Oaks, that's where I lived every weekend, sleep on his girlfriend's floor, rehearse Friday, you know, go to Rodney's English, go to Rodney's uh, K-Rock, uh, Osco's, you know, go to clubs, you know, after rehearsal, sleep all day, I mean, rehearse. I would, I'd have these great rehearsal musical experiences with Marvin every week. And by, by Sunday, we were tight. And then over the course of the week, we kind of lose it, and we get back, and we get tight again, and um, uh, we never, we, you know, I mean, I, I mean, that, so to, to sum it up, that's how I met Marvin, you know, and I can remember the rehearsal halls we played in, and uh, and uh, I could play some of those songs to this day, um, you know, kind of 10 C, I was, 10 CC meets Sparks, absolutely described this. Nice. Well, you know, because you, you were, you you were doing a lot of this in, in Thousand Oaks, and you know who, uh, you know what the Sparks connection is with Thousand Oaks. No. Well, in my early Hollywood days of recording, I was lucky enough to hook up with the producer Earl Mankey. Oh, I know who Earl is. Yeah. Yeah, and Earl um, is like we we drive out to Thousand Oaks. Our oh our Hollywood band would drive out to Th Thousand Oaks to record in Earl Mankey's converted garage. And he, he produced The Quick, uh, who was a band that we saw at, at uh, Rodney's place. And you want to know another degree of separation, which is the, you know, the, the divining thing about your show, is um, Harley, Harley Feinstein was the drummer in Half Nelson. And um, he was my daughter's, mother, daughter's uh, mother's boyfriend when I, when I met her, or, or they just split up. And I'm friends with Harley uh, to this day on Facebook. And, um, you know, of course, Half Nelson was uh, the band before Sparks, and, and Earl was in the band, too. So, I love it. I giggle at this. It's great. I, uh, I, I love it myself. This is, this is one of those... I think that's the most fun part of synchronicity and why it's important for me to, like, just remember to let this show take its little twists and turns. Because... And, and especially to remember this when it gets difficult to do. You know, that, that, that there's always a silver lining. There's always, 
you, you when we threw this show, you go like, that was fun, and you'll and you'll do it again. And it's and, always, uh, in, but it's always in the weird digressions. Like it's, <laughs> it's like if you found your. I really do do believe that if you found yourself stuck in an elevator with anyone, right now, that's a terrifying thought. But back in the days where sharing air was a little bit less frightening. You could have a conversation with someone, and if you talk to someone for about half an hour to an hour, if you actually really just started just seeing where it went and you were open to it, you'd find some really wild synchronicity with anyone. Well, I mean, I mean, I hope so. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it would help if we're all, if we're all artists or something or all in, in involved. I mean, who knows? Well, there's a you reason know, you're in that elevator and they're in that. That's what I mean. Is like you could take it's it. You not, could take it that far. It's not yeah. like the yeah. most like if you are in the same place as someone, you both had a road to that place, and it's not right. The, ele- the elevator was going <laughs> to a club or something. It's not, not unreasonable to think that even if it's like you both end up, you're both traveling, and you're in an elevator in the World Trade Center, like super tall building, busiest, most in you know anonymous city in the world, but. I, you know, and maybe it's not true. Uh, I haven't, tr- I haven't tried it with everyone. But this is the weird thing: everyone I've tried it with, if they, you know, it's happened. <laughs> sitting on an airplane, and yep. the the most synchronistic uh, conversations I've had are on long airplane flights. Yeah, you know, somebody that wants to talk, and eventually, um, you know, you like Grand Funk Railroad? You know, me too. <laughs> Whatever you know, <laughs> but Holly Feinstein and uh, Errol Mankey and The Quick and Marvin and Thousand Oaks. And Who Thousand knew Oaks. that Thousand Oaks was such a hub uh, of great music? The two girls from uh, uh, Lorna Doone and Brin- uh, Belinda Carlisle, both from Thousand Oaks, um, and I, I met them briefly before I went to Hollywood. Um, Back when they were the Stop Stops. I didn't. I didn't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> right, took a second, uh, took a second there, but you got it. You got it. That, that's capital punishment. Uh-huh. <laughs> yuck, yuck. So uh, okay, well, uh, having have, having leavened our musical divination with laughter, why don't we get to your question for the pop oracle? It is now time for you to approach the awesome void. Now we're going to be doing this a little bit even more non-locally than usual because, uh, as am I, you are an Android user. But you haven't had to buy an iPhone because you're developing an app for an iPhone. So we're going to use my app. So could you tell me what your question is for the Pop Oracle, Mike? I'm in a relationship. It's been a struggle. It's, it's been amazingly sweet. And then, and then we, you know, we lock horns and go back. And we, I, but I always go back. I'm, I'm totally belief in this woman. And so uh, that... Uh, Hope springs eternal, or you know, uh, that that you know, perseverance always pays off. Or, uh, um, but this is got to be a question. Um, does does true love win in the end, um, or is there such thing as true love? Uh, um, do nice guys really finish first? <laughs> That's not a bad one. Well, let's go with that one. Um, or, or fuck that thing about nice guys finishing last. Um, um, yeah, it's something. Is, is there? Okay, let's let's keep going on the, the thing about true love. Uh, is true love possible in this? In this? In this? Is, is true love uh, a thing of the past? 
that's that's it. It's true love, a thing of the past. Okay. The question is: Is true love a thing of the past? And <laughs> that's great. now I'm going to give the pop oracle a shake on your behalf. I used to see my face. It's so funny. Well, the song is by Louise Goffin, and it is New Year's Day. Everybody makes a dream this time of year. From now on, gonna be good for you. All your friends and family Gather round in peace and harmony It's a time to remember your blessings It's a time to remember your goals All the people in your life Be they new friends or old could be the time of your life Everything's gonna work out alright It'll be okay in every way making it better It's New Year's Day Should all friends be forgot Keep everything they gave you And though they may seem so far away You walk with them each and every day And I know sometimes the road isn't easy And we've said some things wished we'd never said once a few rounds you've loved and lost You pick yourself up and take a chance again And it could be the time of your life Everything's gonna work out alright It'll be okay in every way making it better It's New Year's Day Countdown's done And we're swaying along with the band Just one more dance May all your dreams come true And it could be the time of your life Everything's gonna work out alright It'll be okay in every way, making it better. It's New Year's Day. It's New Year's Day. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. 
And that was Louise Goffin performing New Year's Day, her song, New Year's Day, on December 12th, 2017 at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California, as part of a Radio 8 Ball show. And that was the answer to Mike's question, is true love a thing of the past? So, Mike, what do you think about that as the answer to your question? Well, I mean, the, definitely the, the uh, to have that as a question is, is a, like, you know, the, it's that whole kind of um, classical idea of, uh, of, of, you know, uh, soulmates or whatever, or, or, I mean, it doesn't even have to be romantic love. It's just, um, uh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, truly it's just, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, like a fight against cynicism, whatever, like, you know, everybody thinks that, I mean, if your heart's broke or you've been disappointed that it's forever, you know, and not being able to, to love again, um, uh, or, or even being just, like I said, just being, being the blah, the bah hug, the bah humbugs, the Scrooge thing about, you know, that I, you know, just being, a. uh, not believing that that you can love again or whatever or, or, or this uh, uh or that it's an archaic sentimental um you know i mean even the word ro- romantic is a not a positive it's not a it's not a positive that nobody uses that word in a positive sense like oh he's just a hopeless romantic or whatever um and you know the the idea of, of romance that goes back to you know i don't know Caveman, or who knows when, uh, you know. Well, maybe not quite back to cavemen. I think the idea of of romance comes out of the Romantic era, right? I mean, the and there's no, and if we, it's funny because to bring that up because we like to we like to compartmentalize the things that we celebrate and the things we judge. We like to compartmentalize the Mozarts and the Beethovens out of the the era of conquest that they were like the romantic idea is the idea of going to a new land and making your destiny you know which leaves out a huge story right so that's the i think that's where romance i mean and then we apply it the only time we ever really talk about romance or rom- or romanticism now is in relation to relationships and maybe in some ways in in scholastic or academic situations where we're referring to the actual era as i'm as i as i, as I am pedantically doing right now but I, the 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 point is that i think there's a reason that romance and maybe these ideas these concepts when we say why is is true love a thing of the past is it something can a, a romantic and a poetic ideal um exist in a time where science and uh, technology when when the actual numbers of things matter more uh and it's funny because you could until this what we're up against right now with covid the argument for romance over science or love over science or eternal ideas which are not eternal but just sort of baked into our culture that those might be the idea of, of you know of god would might be would 
be more important than science in some situations, you know, that might have a little bit more heft than at a time when we need science to save us from ourselves and from this this thing that we're addressing. So I'm sorry I went down this rabbit hole, but my point was when you're talking about romance and love and you're talking about is it a thing of the past— you know, when we look at our present and what we're what we're in, why would it be a thing of the past, right? Is it because the ideas that it's founded upon are faulty? And this is where I just sort of bring my own projection into it. Um, and this is maybe the curmudgeon or what you said, the 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 uh, the bah humbug in me. You know, every time that I've been in a relationship that I th- thought was going to last forever, it didn't until this one, and I'm still in the middle of this one. So. The proof is in the pudding every day of whether or not I can uh, deserve to be in a relationship, and 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 they and this person can as well. Um, so anyway, I just sort of talked over your thing. I wanted to, I wanted to tell you one more little bit of synchronicity around this, and then we can get. I want to come back to you, which is that this is the first time this has happened in the third season of this show after like nineteen shows that the same song came up as an answer. New Year's Day came up as an answer to a question on a show a few shows back. Uh, I think, oh yes, so Louise Goffin's song New Year's Day came up before as the, the answer to a uh, question by the band The Hawthorns. And when I asked Louise to come on the show, she declined. So I'm now going to have to ask her again, which puts me in a little bit of a similar, though different conundrum that you are of, trying to get someone who has already said no to me once to in the future say yes. Okay, bring it back to you, Mike. Having listened to me pontificate and throw a lot of new material on this in the hopes that maybe it will universalize it and bring it out of just being your question, do you have any other insights into how New Year's Day relates to what you think of as the the questionable stance of true love in our modern society? I mean, just just to just to corral that the the question a little bit more, um, this thing about uh, you know, just, I mean, fighting for the one you love. I mean, it's just like you know, someone, uh, you know, there's just uh, someone that's not ready, or somebody that's just uh, they're they think they're sure, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean. It's, you know, like Romeo and Juliet. Romeo's down there throwing pebbles at her at her window. You know, I mean, he's not going to be dissuaded. And when, I mean, I don't care who they are. If somebody's, I mean, they're they're going to notice that that you're for real, or you or you wouldn't be, you wouldn't still be there. It wouldn't be worth if it's, you know, if it's, uh, it's it's when it's undeniable. When someone believes in it enough, I'm not, I'm going to. I mean, uh, so I mean, absolutely, true love is not a thing of the past, and it's like, um, but it's out, but it's our job to fly the flag and to at least write songs about it, or um, it's uh, hope springs eternal, hope springs eternal, you know, um, uh, you know, I I think it's a noble thing to, I mean, I hate to use the word fight because that's the sounds no, but to to uh, to prove your love. I mean, to, to, to fight for something you believe in. You well, know? Um, um, bring it back to the song, though. I'm kind of curious. Like, you list, you really, I felt like you really listened to the song very thoughtfully. Well, and, you know, it's in twice. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I said, so to get into 
what how that question could relate to her song you know it's i mean new year's new year's day is is a reflection end of the year hopefully you know the next year uh, what do you call it, the, um affirmations for your new year um uh you know i mean it definitely had a bittersweet tone to it um uh but you know i mean it was a song of hope and absolutely uh you know is is true love a thing of the past that's i mean the person asking that question is, you know is saying this to uh, to prove to society yes it is you know i mean it's like um uh or or because if it wasn't you wouldn't there wouldn't be a question there it would be a statement true love is is a thing of the past i mean you know i'm saying is it and uh let's hear stories about how it is how it is always current it will be it will be it's immortal it'll be for all time um and if they don't think it is just keep sending flowers and something will happen um uh so well uh, I, I, well so let me because i i really think it's funny because this is now i've this is the third time i've done a divination with this song the time <laughs> it happened originally and the two times it's happened since it's starting to take on its own uh unique Angles. resonance yeah. and it's interesting because I feel like, not that I can speak for for what what Louise is saying or singing or what her intention is, but definitely I can speak to what the feeling I get from it. And it's like I said, because I it's a because I've listened to this song a lot while trying to get her beat to be on the show and having it not work out, and still having very positive feelings about her and her, the song. You know, I I don't I don't begrudge anyone again it's it's well it's i didn't say this on this episode i said it to you earlier but it's a synchronicity show my prime my my the what is it the prime directive for a radio eight ball host is that it is always the way it's supposed to be so you can never argue someone's no is as sacred as their yes it was how that that's how we should live in a way but so my point is that her song what I feel like it's saying, and maybe what it's saying to you, is like the sense of gentleness and patience. It is, the tone is bittersweet, but the message is 100% positive. It's going to work out. All, it's almost like it needs, it's from a songwriting standpoint, yeah. like if she wrote the music as p- positive as the lyrics are, it would it would be too much, right? But it's because there's this, because, and I feel like that's the, that's this deep, soulful, and I would say probably because I maybe this is how I relate to it, like a Jewish kind of soulful quality. Like this is like this is a happy song, but it's on top of great sadness because life. If we know what history is, there is a history of great sadness. So you know what? Be appreciative of the little things. This is like what it reminds me of, like my grandmother's wisdom, of just sort of like, just sit down. Be, be just enough. Gnug. When my grandmother would say, Gnug, enough, enough, enough with your sad stories. Gnug, gnug. Sit with me. Have some tea. You know, like sit. Just enjoy. Like New Year's Day. Every day, every way, it's going to get better. It's New Year's Day. Now, again, my grandmother was, I probably didn't, I don't know how much she cared about New Year's Day, but she cared about me and she cared about this sense of every moment. And I feel like that's what the song is saying. It's not like that it's like if you really want to know where true love is, don't look to the romantics, look to the Stoics, look to the Buddhists, look to the sense of what Marvin was saying in, in, in our conversation that I think you, 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 you 
stuck with you or it was really struck you, which was if you're talking to me and you're liking it and I'm talking to you and I'm liking you, that's, it, su- that's, success. that's a yeah. successful moment. And if you yeah. aren't and I'm not, then that's not a successful moment. And don't push the river. I mean, don't, I can't, I can't make anything happen. Just let it happen. Like you can, Um, I'm a big believer in this. You can set intentions and you can take actions, but beyond that results, you cannot, I mean, in art we can, that's why it's beautiful to be able to write a song because you can set an intention and you can do it and you can make it idea potentially just the way you want it to be. But in the world, in the real world, you do that. Yeah. We, we roll in God's tears. Yeah, yeah. Well, however, you know? whatever metaphor works for you, but I think at the, sure. in the, the tone of the song, which is just... Well, the tone is, is hope, absolutely. The theme is hope. Sweet and, and patient. And, and I think hope right. and patience, like a thing of like, it's going like, to be okay. It might be sad now, but it's okay. I mean, the way I was describing, it sort of sounded like self-will, you know, like, you know, fighting someone that said no. But I think like when what's... What just triggered my mind when you said the word patient. Uh, it's not tenacious, like I'm going to keep pounding on my door until my knuckles are, are uh, bloody, um, and then she's going to come with a bandage. <laughs> that it's just, uh, well, also like, uh, you know, it maybe not now, maybe later. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, my my role is to be your friend, and uh, uh, maybe you know, but uh, it's like I'm in it for the long haul. I just say like, baby, I've got your back. Yeah, you know, um, I don't, you know, it's, it's romance or whatever, whatever the way it turns out, um, and I mean that's that's true love right there. I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, um, uh, but just like uh, I got your back, um, yeah, and, and the the patience. Uh, I mean, it's not like well, I'm waiting for a particular result, but it's um. You know, true love is 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 sincere, and that's like, they're, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at it just for you know to, for some uh, a quick fix or something. Um, absolutely not. Um, I got a little off the track there, maybe, but whatever. There's no wrong way to fall down a mountain. Yeah. So, well, I think I think that's we we got our synchronicities worth uh, here, and we're gonna we stood the show is not entirely over. It's a, it's over for our non Patreon subscribers. But if you want to hear what my question is, and I got a doozy of a question, pay the $1 a month, go to our Patreon. It's, it's Patreon slash Radio 8 Ball. The link is in the show notes. Come join us there. And before we go, though, Mike, I'm going to put, all, I'm going to put your uh, links in the show notes. Is there, are there any shows? Obviously not any shows. Is there anything you'd like to direct our, our listeners' attention to. Oh, and would it be okay? Marvin sent me this uh, version of Don't Be Cruel that you were, the oh, two of you recorded oh my together. God, it's so good. It's so good. Can I play that at the end of this? At the end of this oh, session? God, I would beg you to. It's just, have, you, have you heard it? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I mean, we, you know, we, uh, I've always been trying to, you know, to, to get us both in the studio and, you know, and, and, and you know, I mean, if there's anyone that would, as a favor, because we we go back so far, but he, you know he's a busy man, he's got to pay a mortgage. But we found ourselves in the studio and we busted our butt for at least ten hours. And maybe I didn't have my had, hadn't done my homework, and he hadn't heard the stuff before. But that's something I you know I I, I know I used to play with Chris Isaac, and I thought, well, this is really Chris Isaacish, and you know I'll, 
I'll beat him at his own game. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, Mar- Marvin was playing drums all day. And, uh, and he, whenever, when we were playing together in the model and the, the, uh, the, when the drummer couldn't make it, I mean, Marvin's got a deep groove. I mean, although he loves to, you know, joke around in the drums too, but, uh, as soon as he started doing those brushes and, um, you know, I had a nylon string guitar, uh, it was worth driving to LA and, uh, 10 hours of <laughs> trying to do other songs. But I'm I'm really proud of that, and so is Marvin. Yeah. Well, then that's what we're going to go out with, and uh, <laughs> and you know, I don't know if true love is a thing of the past or the future, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's probably just a kernel of it in our present. So thanks for sharing yes. with us. Hell yes. Thank you for giving your attention and intention to this episode of Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening with our guest, Mike Wilcox. Please remember to subscribe to Radio 8 Ball in your podcast app. And if you like the show, please help other people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Ball positively. If you tell your synchronicity story, I'll read it on the show. Of course... We do encourage you to download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store. And finally, I do hope you will join our Patreon campaign and follow us backstage for my Pop Oracle reading, where I asked, what is dying and what is being reborn? The Patreon link is in the show notes. We're going to go out with a musical collaboration between Mike Wilcox and Marvin Etzioni covering the Elvis Presley classic, Don't be cruel. And with that, I'm out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. No, I can't be found Sitting home alone Telephone, don't be cruel to a heart that's true. Maybe if I made you mad for something I might have said, please let forget the Really?
Yeah. 